So Money episode 565, Chris Winfield, productivity expert and entrepreneur. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Who doesn't want to work less and accomplish more? You're listening to So Money, everyone. Does that sound like you? It sounds like me. Our guest today is Chris Winfield, and he's a productivity expert on a mission to help everyone get their work done in less than half the time. In fact, he says he can teach us all to get 40 hours of work accomplished in just 16.7 hours. Plus, if you're not a morning person like me, Chris gives advice on how you can wake up excited and motivated as early as 5 a.m. A little bit more about Chris, he helps successful entrepreneurs and executives decrease the time they spend working but increasing their productivity. He has experience working with big name brands, including Disney and Macy's and Viacom. His work has been featured everywhere, including the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and CNN. Plus, he's got his own podcast. It's called the Deconstructing Success Podcast. Take a listen, subscribe. In our conversation, Chris offers me some personal advice. I've got a big commencement speech coming up and I am nowhere to be done. So he gives me small actions for writing that big overwhelming speech ahead of time. He also shares how to capture your dreams on paper. Like literally, I am a very vivid dreamer. The problem is I wake up and I remember none of it. Although I remember while dreaming that I actually need to remember this because this could help me in work and in life, parenting. And so Chris talks about how to literally capture those ideas quickly and efficiently. Plus that fateful piece of pizza that changed Chris's views on work, life, and family. Here's Chris Winfield. Chris Winfield, welcome to So Money. How you doing? I'm doing great, Farnoosh. It's great to finally talk to you. Likewise. Heard so much about you. We have mutual friends. And I've been I've been doing a little uh, Chris Winfield downloading in the last uh, few days, just as in preparation for our interview. And I kind of feel like, and tell me if anyone's ever told you this, if Tim Ferriss of the 4-Hour Workweek and Hal Elrod of Miracle Mornings had a baby had a love child, it would be you, Chris Winfield. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has ever told me that. But, yes. Uh, I will uh I will take that as a run with it. Run with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I, I I uh it's unbelievable what you teach people to do and I'm hoping that in the next thirty minutes you'll give us some takeaways for how we can effectively get more done in less than half the time that we're used to getting it done. Sixteen point seven hours uh <laughs> as opposed to forty. And then also I'm not a morning person. I'm I am a morning person now out of necessity because I have a uh, an, a newborn in addition to a, a two and a half year old so it's sort of that's like my life right now but I'm not naturally a morning person so you're a morning and middle of the night person I'm a morning and middle of the, I'm an all I'm a 24 hour a day person yeah. a lot of us don't like getting up in the morning we procrastinate we um, feel like doing the work is just too overwhelming sometimes. Like I have to write a commencement speech and I'm delaying this like it's my job and I know it's going to catch up to me. So let's break it down. Let's, let's start right there. Yeah. Let's, like, this can you is help perfect. me? Can, I got to get this done. It's, it's really, yeah. it's a problem. No, this is perfect. So yeah. So basically just to 
let's think about the big commencement speech. So in your mind, I have to write a nine minute speech. I have an audience of 20 somethings, 20 year old, 20, 20 to 22 attention span. Not that great. They can't wait to get out of their cap and gowns and start partying. So whatever I say has to be somewhat interesting and engaging. Well, you're an interesting and engaging person. So (laughs) let's get that part out of the way. So the, because basically what our mind does is breaks everything, makes it into something really big and scary. And then anything big (laughs) and scary, we don't want to do. So it's just like the, there's a part of our brain, the amygdala, the lizard brain, which wants to keep us in our apartments, watching Netflix, not doing anything outside of our comfort zone. And so what do we do? We just break everything down and make it really, really small. So then our mind, like it just looks at it and goes, oh, okay, you can do that. So anytime, whatever it is, like whatever the big overwhelming project task, whatever, um, what I'm always looking to do is like, how do I break it down to today? And then even more importantly, how do I break it down on to what I need to do right now? You know, because that's all we really care about because the future, it's not here. And the thing that I always say is like, um, don't live in the wreckage of the future, you know, where everything is like gone wrong. Like, you know, in your mind, like the 20 somethings hate you and they're just waiting to go to their, uh, <laughs> like who know. invited this person? Gosh. Yeah, exactly. And then like, you know, the reality is that they're going to be excited to hear you. You have a good message. You know how to inspire people. You know how to talk to people. And, you know, the, but our mind doesn't want us to, th- at least my mind doesn't want me to think that. It wants me to be like, oh my God, they're all going to be miserable and waiting and, and all me this. out of and, the auditorium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought about that, everything. Even though it's never happened, you know, to you. And, you know, it's like, and even if it did, it's not that bad. Like I've had the worst possible things happen to me in my life that, you know, were my worst nightmares in terms of like business or anything. And like, none of them were that bad. They all wound up being actually great because it forced me to become a stronger person. So I always just like to think of that. And so let's just break it down from, all right, the goal, when is this? It's uh, May, I'm guessing? Or well, yeah, I- it's, well, it'll have already happened by the time our interview airs, but, um, you know, we're, we're about a month out. Okay, perfect. The deadline. So you can come back and then do an update to this and say, uh, (laughs) you know, they booed me out of the place or it was amazing. Either way, we're making news. Exactly. Either one. And I'm going to bet on you. So you can bet on the booing. I'm going to bet on you. Um, So basically what I would look at is like you break it down. Like what is – so the in speech – it's nine minutes. So however many words that that has to be or whatever it is. So like, that's like one of the milestones is actually writing the speech itself. And you know, but you don't really need to, then you also have to come up with the overall theme and the idea, which you probably already have. And then a title and, you know, so you just keep breaking it down into all these different parts to it. So it's not something really, really big. And then you just keep backing into what do I need to do today? So what would be like the next action that you should take for this? Right. My husband tells me just do like 30 minutes a day. And that way, you you know, we all have that. And um, but even that, that's like kind of nebulous. So yeah, it's like, what what do you need to do right now? What would be the next logical step? Like the some, just start so the, writing. Like I think uh, I have probably a ton of ideas, but I keep 
dismissing them in my head like that's not good enough that's not good enough that's not good enough so maybe i just need to get all those that's not good enough ideas on paper and at least feel like i'm moving forward you know as opposed to all just living in my head okay so i'm going to give you something to to do that helps me a lot with any of that so you might have heard of it but it's something called the morning pages and now since you're kind of up and (laughs) up in the morning anyway but the morning pages came from this lady Julia Cameron, who wrote something called The Artist's Way. And the morning pages, is it, it was something I'd heard about for a long time. And I was like, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard of in my life. Um, because it's you sit and write three pages longhand uh, in the morning, first thing that you do. Now, it, and by so with a pen and paper, you sit down and just write three pages. So the first sentences could be, that guy, Chris, is really out of his mind. Why am I doing this? It's the stupidest thing I ever heard of. And, you know, and that's completely fine. That's actually great. Um, you can you can ease up on the Chris is the stupidest <laughs> after a while, hopefully. But yes. what happens is like it gets all – so it's like we have this like built-in inner critic and it starts to break that down. And the reason that we write it by hand like that is that we're so used to doing everything on the computer, on a screen, and the screen has like – an extra layer of criticism built in because we can correct and we think it needs to be perfect and all this. So you just start writing. And what I would ask you to do is just put down all of those ideas that you have, everything that you think, you know, is in your head and just get it on paper. Just like write it as if it doesn't even matter. Um, you know, because it doesn't, you're just getting it out. And then from there, you're going to start to see what are the parts that are good? What are the parts that are bad? Um, and you know, but it's going to just get it so that it's not such a big deal anymore. And you're, and I do this every single morning. Um, and I've done it for a long time and a a lot of people have started to do it that, you know, more in the entrepreneur space, it was originally around things based around create, you know, people wanting artists trying to re spark their creativity or whatever it is. But I would suggest that you do that tomorrow morning, even if it's just okay. one page. Don't okay. you know any of the productivity stuff? Like I never get hung up on. Why does it have to be in the morning? Can I do it uh, at two o'clock in the afternoon? What, what's the point of doing it in the morning? So you can do it anytime. Now the reason that it's suggested in the morning is that I don't know about you, but I wake up and my mind is crazy. You know, I'm thinking about you know the the way that my mind is at like normally is that. It's I'm thinking about all the things I have to do, all the people I have to get back to, all the things that um, are I'm in New York City. So I apologize for the, <laughs> the I, siren I'm with behind you. Me. I hear it, too. It's it's it OK. <laughs> oh, you're probably close to where I am. So, um, yeah. So basically you, you do it to get all that stuff out of your off your mind. So, for example, like. Sometimes my morning pages will just be me writing out like all the things that I have to do or the people I need to get back to or anything like that. So it's basically a way for you to clear the clear your brain, clear the path uh, at the beginning of the day so that it just, um, you know, the rest of the day you're starting kind of fresh. So you could sit down right now and do it. And that, but it's like whatever, like I, any type of productivity stuff. And this is, I think, an important thing for people to know. Um, 
do what works best for you. Don't do what works best for me. Don't do what works best for some guy who wrote a book or anything and says that this is the only way to do it. Because I don't believe, I never believe that because whenever you start to put constraints like that or you try to adapt your life based around some system or around some expert or something, it's never going to work. It should always be the opposite. It should always be that it's conforming to your life and you're doing what works best for you. So you might find that what works best for you is sitting down and, you know, at one thirty in the afternoon and writing all that out. And that's perfect. Um, you know, it's just, these are just tools. And then you figure out what works within your life, within your, what your, how your life is set up now. Here's the other thing. I have some of my best ideas while I'm dreaming. I literally mm. I have very, very vivid dreams. So I usually will wake up and I'll tell my husband everything. I'll be like, and then he was wearing a red shirt and we had this for lunch and, you know, very, very to the detail. And then an hour later, I remember nothing. So yeah. I guess I just need to get up as soon as I, <laughs> as soon as I wake up, write down what I dreamt about. Cause I've had now two really great ideas in my dreams that I can't, I couldn't tell you what they were. Um, yeah. Or, or make it even easier for yourself. So um, that's everything in my life. I try to make as easy as possible. Things are stacked up against us uh, for the most part already. So like, why not make it as simple as possible? So if you're, when you get up and start telling all that to your husband, just hit record on your phone so that you have it right there. And then, you know, just like, so uh, another, a friend of mine, um, AJ Mizrod, uh, he runs online, super coach, all this stuff. But he, like, instead of writing out the morning page, he just records it into um, and uploads it to like rev.com or, you know, one of these who transcribe everything back for him. So he said, he's like, listen, the, whoever's writing all my stuff thinks I'm completely out of my mind, then <laughs> that's fine. He's like, it works for me. And he, you know, it's the same thing. So, Again, like if it's not like if you're doing that and you know that that's where your best ideas come from and you're comfortable saying it to your husband, just hit record and then have somebody transcribe all that stuff. Like, you know, spend five or 10 bucks a day to do that. But that could be priceless for you. Um, You know, like that's what I'm always looking for is like what works for you and, you know, that you're already doing. And then just what's that next step to just make it so that you maximize that, you know, whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. because what works perfect, because right now we are just talking about, uh, you, you have a, you have a young child, like, you, you know, your life right now is going to be completely different, um, than somebody who doesn't have a newborn that, or somebody who has no kids and maybe is a millennial in New York city. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you got to just do what works best for you. So, Chris, you mentioned earlier, you kind of teased that you've gone through your own experiences, failures, uh, all your worst dreams, nightmares coming yeah. true, not ending up being as bad as you thought. But I want to get to that in, in just a moment. Um, sure. But first, because I promised listeners a big promise, one of your big promises, one of your big um, goals for your clients and for your readers is to teach them how to basically get more done in less time. And we obviously went through that with the exercise with my with my speech. But what are some of the other ways for, for folks who maybe don't have a commencement speech on the horizon, but they just really want to be able to be more productive? You, you've practiced something called the Pomodoro technique? Yeah. with the So the Pomodoro technique is something that really 
revolutionized how I work. And it was, it was, it's basically the, the, the overall promise of it. And what grabbed me is the, the first words in like the paper that I found about it, like the speech or not the speech, but the study that the guy Francisco Cirillo had, had wrote about it. And it was like, the first words in it are for many people, time is an enemy. And when I read that, I was like, Oh my God, yes. Like time is my biggest enemy because it was, I was always saying, I don't have enough time, you know, time's running out. There's not enough hours in the day, all of this stuff. So what that did or what it does is it, it sets you up so that you're working with time rather than against it. And the simplest way that I can describe this is for most people, um, the most productive day of their year or their quarter is like the day before they go on vacation. You know, you get everything done because you're working so fast and so efficiently because you have all this loose ends to tie up and you only have a certain set number of uh, hours that you can have to get everything done or the day before you're traveling or whatever it is. So what the Pomodoro technique basically does that. So um, I'm going to use one other study. There's something called Parkinson's law and Parkinson's law essentially states that however much time you allot for something, you're going to use, you're going to fill that time up. So let's go back to the commencement speech. You know, you know, it's not until May and you have a lot of time. Now, typically what's going to happen is that you're going to wait until, not you, but I'm just going to make some generalizations. But for most people uh, that have something like that, they're going to wait until like the night before, the week before. And, you know, all that time is going to be spent worrying about it and stressing about it and all this. Um, and then like all the actual work gets done, you know, the day, the day before, the week before, whatever. Um, that's how our brains work. So what the Pomodoro technique and what I like to try to do, because that's how I am, you know, I'm set up to do that. Um, so what we try to do with this is just break it down. So instead of it being where you're, you know, waiting till the last minute, you're taking small steps and small actions throughout the days and weeks leading up to anything. And so the Pomodoro is really simple. You pick a task, ideally your most important task, as you mentioned before, and you're going to then work on that task and only that task for 25 minutes. So you're just going to get that done. And what that means is you're not looking at your phone and checking texts and or taking calls or talking to somebody or doing anything other than just working on that one thing. So it's setting us up so that we're just able to focus for just one thing. Because that's one of the big problems now is it's really hard to focus. We have so many distractions constantly coming at us. And there's this belief that it, we can multitask and testing doesn't really exist. I know for moms especially you know it's something you have to do but it's not where your best work is because if you think about it you're if you're just going in a straight line you're going to get somewhere much quicker now if you're going in a straight line and then also going at uh looking at something else and doing a bunch of other things you're not going to be able to do something because you don't have your full force your full focus your full attention on it so the pomodoro is really simple so you're just spending 25 minutes working on one thing getting it done and then you know that's it um so that's like a big part when i started when i found that out that changed how i worked completely because i all of a sudden 
was in, you know, I didn't have to just spend eight hours working and you can't see me, but I'm putting working in air quotes. Um, you know, I could just focus on the things that are most important at, in these small chunks and small bursts of time and not burning out or anything like that. And I think what's really uh, interesting that I learned that what you do is you continue to work on weekends sometimes and on vacations, but because you're doing it in these small chunks of time, it doesn't really feel like you're giving up your fun time. Yeah, so exactly. So it, it depends on what's needed. So what I realized was, so when I discovered the Pomodoro technique originally, like I was like, oh, it's 25 minutes. I can, you know, I can do so, so many of those. I can do 20 of those in a day and, you know, not thinking. And then I would burn out on it because that's how I did everything. You know, the the analogy that I give. It's just 10 calories. I can eat a thousand of them. Yes. Exactly. Or for <laughs> me, it was the the way I tried to make any change in my life was pretty much all or nothing. So let's say I hadn't been working out for like two years, you know, and then I went to some conference or heard some, um, like a commencement speech and was completely motivated. And, you know, let's say the person was talking about running a marathon. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm going to go today and I'm going to go out and run eight miles. And, you know, now mind you, I hadn't done anything for, like the two years prior, I'd been on the couch. And, you know, all of a sudden now I'm saying that I am going to run and go out and I'd run eight miles or whatever. And I'd feel great. And it would be amazing. I'd come back and I'd tell every person how, you know, how, how great I am and how great exercising is and why aren't you? And, you know, they'd be looking at me like, well, what are you talking about? You were just on the couch for the last two years, not doing anything. Um, and then the next day it would be the same thing. And I'd go out and I'd run and it would be amazing. And then I'd come the third day and I'd be like, Hmm, I'm really sore. This is really stupid. Like I missed all this work based on exercising, eating well and all this. And I would then be like, you know what? I'm going to skip today. And then the next day would come and I'd be like, you know what? What's two days in a row skipping? How, how much can that hurt? And then the third day would come. I'd be like, you know what? This is dumb completely. And I'd be back on that couch. And that was how all change in my life pretty much happened. New Year's resolutions, you know, whatever it was. So this is kind of working the other way where it's all these small little changes. There's something called the Kaizen, which is just about continuous improvement and continuous movement. And that's what I really believe. What's the smallest way that I can make change? You came to all of this realization through a terrible time in your professional life. So tell us about what actually happened. Take us to that moment um, sure. Sorry if I'm making you relive it, but I think <laughs> oh no, <laughs> you probably told it. this story a million times. And I, it's really important for me too because the up and so basically, my my background's all in digital marketing or marketing PR. You know that's what I'm really really good at. Um, the all this productivity stuff came kind of as a result of having to discover it, um, having to have it. So. Um, almost exactly four years ago at this time, an agency, a company that I co-founded, um, which had grown to close to a hundred people. And we had a bunch of offices around the world and stuff like that. And, and on the outside, everything looked really good. And I'd hated what I'd been doing for a long, long time, but I didn't want to change because I was, well, you know, uncomfortable is very dangerous. Um, and because ego gets put into and all these different things and that company due to a lot of reasons that we 
don't, if we spoke for three days in a row, we wouldn't be able to get through them all. <laughs> but all the mistakes that were made and things, the that company completely just like imploded. And you know, every pretty much any bad thing that can imagine happening, all pretty much happened. And um, my white light moment came from a piece of pizza, really, and which sounds uh, pretty unsexy. I was in my kitchen. It was a Saturday afternoon and my, um, my daughter had came in. She was about three years old, beautiful girl. Uh, the person that was most important to me in my life. And even though it, she didn't know that, you know, any time that she had been around me, it was mostly like when it was convenient for me and, you know, lots of nannies and things like that. She walked into the kitchen. She sees me. And she was hungry and, she, you know, I give her a look of like, all right, one minute. And she was very familiar with that look of, you know, whatever I'm doing is more important. And she walks over to the refrigerator and opens it up, takes out a piece of a pizza and, you know, looks at me again, like, come on, are you serious? You're going to not do anything. And, you know, I'm just watching this kind of out of the side of my eye. And she goes, gets a chair, pushes it up to the microwave and, you know, puts the pizza in there and hits some buttons and, you know, is watching me again and, you know, gets the pizza out, sits down, starts to eat it. Now, I don't tell the story to be she's like a cooking genius or prodigy or anything like that. It was just this for whatever, whatever reason, right at that moment, it just hit me that, you know, she felt like that my work was more important than she was. And my work and what I'd been doing, because I'd worked like 60, 80, 100 hours a week. And, you know, it was always just about when I was working, I felt guilty about not spending time with her about having a life. But when I'm, you know, was doing any of that stuff, I felt guilty about not working. It was always like that. Um, and that, at that moment, it just hit me. And I realized that I couldn't live my life like that anymore. And, you know, I had no idea how to really change. So I had or what parts to change. So I changed pretty much everything. And as a result, you know, I just started to discover different stuff. You know, I've always been curious and everything that I thought I knew about living productivity, anything was pretty much wrong. You know, that's an, and that's a pretty big thing to, for me to have to say and realize. And, you know, and just, and I, I love now the thing is I love being wrong about things. I love finding a better way to do something. But since I'm going to uh, give you one quick thing, since this is you're known for money and everything. And one of my, the things that changed me in terms of making small changes in life to build good habits was this little thing. And I do this every time I speak or anything, any uh, way to explain the power of small change. So somebody came up and you might have heard this, but somebody came up to you and said, listen, or if I said to you, Farnoosh, I'll give you a million dollars in cash right now or one penny that doubles in value every day for 30 days. Now, since you're super smart, you would probably know which one to pick. But I would have always picked the million dollars in cash. You know, it's a million dollars in cash. What's one penny going to do? And for, you know, the first 10 days or so, of if you pick the one penny, you're at like $5.12 or something like that. So that's like at the beginning of any change or any new habit or anything. It's messy. You don't really have much results. You're kind of miserable. You wish you took the instant gratification, you know, and then by day 
20. It's not even that much better. You know, you're in the thousands. So like all the people took the million dollars are kind of laughing at you. But by day, I think it's day 27, you're over a million dollars. And by day 30, after day 30, you're over $10 million. Now, that really helped me to understand how important and how powerful small changes can be. And that's what I always look back to whenever I'm starting something or in the middle of something messy or something that I don't want to do in terms of a new habit or a new project or something. And I got to do the hard stuff that's really important. I think about that one penny. Hmm. Well, going back to the story about your daughter, I mean, really, and I relate to this as a parent, it's like, I work so hard. I've been so successful. I can't even enjoy a slice of pizza with my kid. And that moment, it's really about spending your time doing what you value. And I don't think you probably cared about that phone call, but you were obviously affected by watching your daughter, by the way, dangerously use a microwave at three years old. That's... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm not looking for any parent of the year award. No, that's like... I I thought... I was actually thinking it was going to go a lot worse. Like I was like, oh my God, the microwave explodes. The pizza... Like she gets hit in the face with the microwave door. You're you're in the ER. Um, Glad to know it didn't end that way. Well, you know, the crazy thing that probably wouldn't have, for whatever reason, it was just like right time, you know, right place or, or wrong time, wrong place, whatever in this case. But, you know, the, yeah, it's, it's definitely the, those small moments that are, mm-hmm. that can be so big, you know, and just so life changing. And the funny thing is, I have no idea who I was talking to on that call. You know, I have no idea. <laughs> right. Whatever that issue was, like, all that stuff that happened with that company was like the biggest blessing. You know, it didn't feel like it at the time or for a long time, but you know, that's, and that's like the, that's one of the biggest things being able to have that perspective. And if I may add one thing to this whole concept of, you know, making the most of your time, being productive, no regrets. If you're choosing between two, two things, like should I spend my time doing A or my time doing B and you can only do one, is it worth kind of reflecting, thinking ahead in the future and saying, looking back, I won't have regretted not doing A, but I will have regretted not doing B. And that's sometimes how I decide Mm. what to do. You know, there, there's all types of things like that in terms of mindset shifts and, you know, just even with getting work done, like that one of the biggest or doing something like that I know I need to do, like working out or something. And, you know, sometimes choosing not necessarily what feels like great in the moment or the easy side. And, you know, the the simpler way, which is doing the thing that you know you need to do is often uh, you feel so much better. That's one of the reasons why I try to do a lot of stuff in the morning and especially stuff I don't want to do like work wise or that's really important, uh, like the the most important task in the morning and eat that frog. And because mm-hmm. then it makes the rest of the day so much easier. Absolutely. MIT, the most important task. We'll end there. Mm-hmm. Give everybody something to uh, to work towards. Just And it doesn't have to always be work-related. It could be personal. It could be for you. It could be for your kids. But just identify the most important task. And the sooner you do it, the better your day will be. Chris Winfield, thanks so much for coming and sharing this wisdom with us. And I'm I hope your daughter's uh maybe she's a future chef. I don't know. Oh my god. She's a future world changer. Uh <laughs> but yeah, I don't know about the chef part, maybe. But yeah, thank you no so much. No more cold pizza I, for her. No, 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 no more pe- we remove pizza completely. No, I'm yeah, just yeah. kidding. Um 
Yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And I can't wait to hear how the you rock that speech. Yeah, yeah, no, seriously. And also, and I mean this, uh, if you need help breaking things down or accountability partner, I would be happy oh, to be that for you. you. Serious. I'm adding you to my favorites on my phone. You'll be. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm you might serious. be getting a call at 4 a.m. That's uh, fine. I'll call you back at 5 when I wake five. up. 5. Okay, noted. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much and wishing you all the best, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for our news. Thanks so much to Chris for stopping by. If you'd like to learn more about him and his work, check out chriswinfield.com. His podcast is called the Deconstructing Success Podcast. And Chris is on Twitter at Chris Winfield. So follow him and you'll never miss out on how to get more done in less time. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. If you have a question for me, just head over to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh. And while you're there, tell me what you think about the site facelift. We did a little bit of a refresh. What do you like? What do you wish it had more of, less of? You can use the Ask Farnoosh widget to uh, also leave comments. All right, that's a wrap. I hope your day is so money. So money.